Welcome to the Kingdom Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Anderson, and I help exhausted moms put an end to what's stressing them so they can regain control of their life. Be sure to check out our popular free training, How to Put an End to What's Stressing You, at kingdommompodcast.com. Are you ready to take back your territory, Kingdom Moms? Let's begin. Hey, hey, Kingdom Moms. Welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Mom Podcast. This week, we are starting part three of our interview with Natasha Drisdale, the author of The Wise Wife Blueprint. If you have not already, this is a life-changing, legacy-shifting book. Be sure to go to thewisewifeblueprint.com to get your copy. And without further ado, let's get back into the interview. God is so faithful to not lead us astray. And, And hear me when I say, if you are putting yourself in headship over your husband, if you think that you know what's best, if you know better and you're, and you're telling him that and you're coaching him and, and you're, you're thinking that you're the more spiritual one, whether that's true or not, if you're delivering that message, God is so faithful to not lead us astray that he will step on right out of that way. He'll be like, okay, you do you boo. Like you, you got this. Oh, you, you, you. Your God of your husband, like you understand what he needs when he needs it. Okay, great. Have at her, have fun with that. And I'm, you know, being facetious and God don't smite me for that. But like, I mean, it's kind of what I did. I I literally said, you know what, God, Um, it's good. I'm good. I see that my husband has a video game addiction, a porn addiction. Um, I'm a neglected wife. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, literally like one day Tim announced to me that we were moving across the country and he got a job. He didn't ask me. He didn't tell me he was interviewing. He just got a job and said, we're leaving. We're moving away from my family, everything. I was like, what? Okay. So this was the kind of marriage we had. It was just like completely broken, no communication. And yet here I was being like, no, no, no. I got this God. I'm good. And I was acting as God over my husband. So if you are looking for change in your husband, the best thing you can do is step on out of the way. Stop being God so that God can then come in and say, awesome daughter, I got you. I've got you. Thank you for, for doing what you are called to do for being the wife that you are called to be sacrificially loving and serving your husband, even though your needs are not being met. I will meet those needs. He is the God to the widow. And that doesn't necessarily mean that your husband has to die for God to step in and be the husband of the widow. Anytime God, a husband is not meeting the needs of his wife, I really believe there is a supernatural thing that happens in our hearts when we get our hearts in alignment with where God wants us to be, where we're serving and loving our husband, and we're asking God for that help to do that because it is a supernatural thing. Um, I really believe that God puts this covering over us and, and just like protects us. It doesn't mean you're not going to hurt. I mean, there's hurt. Jesus didn't say, you know, follow me and there'll never be any pain for you. No, he's like, follow me because my yoke is light. It means there's a yoke. I mean, literally I had to put the yoke on. I had to be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to fight for my marriage. I'm going to fight for my husband. I'm going to rally and I am not going to let the enemy take my kids and I'm not going to let him kill my marriage. I'm tired of partnering with him. I am tired of being attached to you. And I, I'm talking good old fashioned rebuking. Like sometimes ladies, like you, 
you need to just, in Jesus' name, I break off every attachment I have made to you, Satan, and to every demonic force that has come against my marriage, to every spirit of bitterness, resentment, anger. I am detaching right now in Jesus' name. I break those agreements now, and I am moving away from them. Like it is an out loud intention that needs to happen so that you can then go, I am going underneath the covering of my husband, even if it's like an umbrella with a ton of holes in it, because I know that there's a bigger umbrella over that one that God is holding over both of us. But right now where there might be, you know, where I was 15 years ago is that I was stepping completely outside of my husband's umbrella, holes and all. And just standing in the pouring rain, thinking that I was like somehow in control of my destiny, you know? Um, And so, yeah, it's this idea of you you might have to step under a covering that's not so great, but if you are putting your heart and your actions in the right place, God comes through. He just does. I've yet to see him not. Um, And every woman, the few times I have had women reach out to me and be like, no, you're wrong. I've. I did all these things and it still wasn't enough. Every single time they weren't being honest with themselves. Like they weren't really, they weren't, they were still holding on to control and bitterness. Bitterness. Oh my goodness. I mean, Lindsay, I'm sure you see it. It, it is, it's, there's few things that we deal with as women and bitterness. If we hold on in our twenties and our thirties, starts to kind of like what we want to grab onto it. It just gets worse and worse. And we all know those women who have not let go of bitterness and it will kill us and it will kill everything good. And we become, I don't want to be that. I essentially had two women in my life when Tim left and my marriage fell apart and I'm left there to raise my kids alone. And I, I had a decision to make, you know, was I going to be the victim? which I was fully entitled to be. I mean, Tim's exact words were, I'm literally doing you a favor. I'm being the bad guy. Like, come on, just like take it. Um, I could be the victim or I could fight. (laughs) And I looked at the women in my life and there were essentially two sort of characters of women in my life who had gone through marital distress. There was one group that had latched on to the victim status. Like this woes me, this is what happened. And there's nothing I could have done. I had no choice. He was this, he was that. And then they were like, well, see you later. Don't need you. They were bitter. They were bitter. And, and I watched them, you know, some of them having been divorced for, you know, 10, 20 years, just get more and more man-hating, jaded, bitter women. Christians love Jesus. But, you know, bitter and their whole personas changed over the years, especially, you know, some of them over decades. And then there was this other camp of women who had had maybe even worse situations in their marriages. One of them was a mentor to me, had was pregnant with their 10th child when her husband left her for another woman and completely left. She's in the book, Um, you know, just left completely, no financial support, nothing. And um, she's got like seven kids at home still at this point. Um, this camp, this other camp, they, they humbled themselves and went, whoa, what just happened? Like, why is my marriage falling apart? Because instead of going, what's wrong with him? Why is, 
why, what's that with, if he didn't have so many issues, we would have a better marriage. If it weren't for his addiction, if it weren't for his this or that. No, they instead said, what do I need to do to rally for my husband and to rally for my marriage? And they served their broken husbands to the point where this one woman with the 10 kids, I mean, I, I talk about her daughter wrote a letter in the book, literally treated her husband like a king every time he'd come around the house, just like a king, even though he was, he was the, the furthest thing from that. But yet those women in that camp, as I was looking at them, they were happy. They were peaceful. They were, they had joy despite some pretty terrible circumstances. And so I basically went, you know what? I'm just going to look at the fruit. And the fruit says, I want to be in that camp. So I don't, I don't know. All I know is I don't want that bad fruit in my life. And if that means I have to get over my hurt and whether or not my marriage even makes it just love on Tim and never speak poorly about him to anyone, especially not not behind the scenes, then that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do because I want that fruit. I want to be at peace. And, um, and yeah, you're right. It's, it's a lot of measuring the fruit. And I think that a lie that we often believe is that like by submitting and humbling ourselves, we're just stuffing and we're not really healing, but can you talk about, because I know I I've walked through this myself and I have to say it was the humbling and the submission and I'm talking about submission to God and what mm-hmm. he tell, told me mm-hmm. to do, <laughs> what his word says to do mm-hmm. was actually yep. one of the most healing things that I personally, that my soul has walked through. And I think that we, we kind of believe this lie that we're actually stuffing, but we're mm-hmm. actually allowing space for us to heal and for us to our souls to actually find rest and our souls to actually find peace. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like your personal, like mm-hmm. not even your marriage, but your personal healing process through that and what you learned about yourself. Oof, yeah. You know, there was two times that I had like visions during this year of separation and like my whole wife boot camp experience. And the first one, it hit me like a ton of bricks because it was just a few weeks into the separation. I still hadn't really come to terms with how, how ignorant I had been and how much hurt I had inflicted on my husband. Um, and I was, uh, the vision was, it was a picture of, it was my wedding picture that was framed and on the wall. So it was Tim and I, you know, and, and it was me but in Tim's face was blurred out and the Holy spirit was just so, it was so clear. It was a message. It was Tosh. It it actually didn't matter who you married. It could have been anyone. You would have done the same thing. And it was this idea of like, Oh no, I actually, this isn't just all my husband's issues. There is personal responsibility to take. So when, So the first thing for me, when it comes to not stuffing and not like just being just sort of, we don't want to be naive. We don't want to pretend like things aren't hurting us and like stuff it down and not confront it. Um, I think the first step for me was um, 
was coming to the realization that I am 50% of this marriage, that I'm not perfect. I, um, that I have a part to play in any, in both the success and the breakdown. And then the next part for me is having empathy, understanding if you, if, if we believe that we are sinners and that I am, I'm a sinner, I'm, I'm, I've fallen from grace. I, you know, I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. I had to come to that place. And for me, it was a very low, 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 low place. Like I have a very healthy self-esteem, too healthy. And I was very quick to, to just put all of the blame on him for all of our issues. And to be fair, a lot of his issues that he brought to the marriage were very much in my face, you know, like they were the really obvious issues, whether it's the addiction issues or um, just he he had a very difficult childhood that didn't lend itself to very good communication. And so um, so I think there was a lot of that, like just run away, just just leave was how he dealt with any conflict in our marriage. So to be fair, there was a lot of like in my face stuff that that he has owned up to. And, and we, you know, that was his part. But I was like the more subtle behind the scenes inflicting pain, like with the with the um, neglect, with withholding intimacy, with um, the con- condescension and, and sort of like the, sh- the shame. Um, and so I think for me, I had to come to a place where I really started to, and this is where you just have to ask God to like reveal it to you sometimes. I had to come to terms with just how ugly I had been. And maybe for some women, you know, they didn't go as, they didn't sink as low as me. I sank really low and I did some horrible, hurtful things to my husband that were in response to me being hurt. It's just a vicious cycle. We were hurting each other and then felt justified in hurting back and all of that. But I had to come to a place of, of empathy for him in the sense that I realized I'm actually not that different than him. Like we're both completely capable of hurting each other. And once I did that, then I was able to like work through the feelings and the disappointments. And I think the only thing that kept me from, that kept me looking forward. Cause like, if you're stuffing, you're not looking forward. You're just like, you know, you're just, you're basically just like avoiding this pain and, and hoping it'll go away. That's that to me is stuffing. I don't know if that's how you see it, but, um, but Instead, what I was doing was like, I'm going to walk through this pain, but I am looking forward to the other side of this pain. Like right now he is neglecting me. He's hurting me. He's, he's, you know, he's not, he's not there for me as a husband should be, but I am believing that on the other side of this is a different man, you know, is because I know that that's not who God wants him to be. So this isn't rocket science. This isn't like, I'm praying for a miracle. I mean, it is a miracle in a way, but because God changing anyone's heart is a miracle, but literally like, this is not rocket science because this is exactly like just what God he's, he wants for you. He wants you to have a husband who loves you and cherishes you the way Christ loved the church. So I'm praying into God's will, which for me made it a a lot easier. Cause I, I was like, you, 
and God actually did show me multiple times. Like, you know, I will say, if you don't have a deep, deep faith in Christ and you don't have that credibility built yet, um, cause some people don't, you know, especially if you're new in your journey or you just haven't ever gone through hard times, it's easy to have a kind of shallow understanding of God or shallow depth of a relationship with God. But if you're willing to go toe to toe with the enemy to fight for your marriage, get ready because God will take you to a deeper place than you've ever been. And it will rock you. And you will have such a deep faith in him because he will come to, to play and he will show you miraculous sign after miraculous sign where you go. I, I don't care who says what I, I am a hundred percent certain that God is real. And, and I know he is real because he's done these things for me. And if anything, that, that was, that was worth it all. Um, and I will say, cause it just came to me as I was talking about that. Instead of seeing our husbands as the enemy, right? Because let's say your husband has an addiction and it's really, really impacting your marriage. What if instead the Jew, the Jews do this really well. They don't view like once you're married, they don't view you as separate people anymore. You're like really one. And so I know I've, one of our Jewish friends told us that if they say you, the wife has a stomach ache, the husband will say, we have a stomach ache. And it's like, we have a stomach ache. (laughs) And, um, now, okay. So think like, take a page out of that book for a second, right? If your husband has an addiction, what if you stop saying my husband has a porn addiction and you said, we have a porn addiction. Like, I know this is crazy. And some women are like, you are no, okay. Hey, I've been there, done that. Okay. Got it. You know, wrote the book. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, like, what if you said, I, we have an addiction issue in our marriage and I am going to fight and I am going to rally and I am going to be on my knees in prayer for my husband. Not I'm going to pray for you because I deserve a husband who doesn't have a porn addiction. Okay. That, that is a very, God, that is a very different intention behind your prayer. I will, I would put, I would bet that God, I've seen it happen over and over again, that he is much more willing to answer prayers when our hearts are in the right place. And so when we come at him with, oh Lord, and I'm sorry, I don't want to be mock- mocking women that are going through this because guys, I've been through this and I, 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 I know the pain. I remember so clearly the pain. So just stick with me and, and give me your grace, please. But you know, when I, when I hear women saying that they're praying for their husbands, they come up to the front at church and they ask for prayer. I'm like, I need prayer. My husband is addicted to porn and it's really destroying our marriage. And I just don't think I can make it anymore. Okay. That's all true. That's all true. But if your heart in praying for your husband is to get you out of the, the pain that you're in, you are missing the point. You did not stand there at the altar vowing to be there in sickness and in health when it works for you. You know, no, you're there and you're now one. And, and the Bible says that you are now one flesh. And so instead of like, I wish my husband would beat his porn addiction or his gaming addiction or his sex addiction or whatever it is, or even just, I wish my husband would be nicer to me. I wish that he would, he would see me for who I am, whatever it is. Um, if you were, if you switch your mindset and you start praying from a place of this is our problem. Okay. I, I want to, I want to tell you, you want to see your husband's jaw drop and hit the floor 
start using that language. Instead of when every time his problem comes up, you instead of saying your problem, you know, your problem you have, which is very offensive. And it puts them on the defense right away because you know what? Even though it's true, yes, it's wrong that he has this problem. If you took a, a unity approach to this and it was, you know what? We're going to beat this. Like, I'm with you. I am with you. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. And hey, here are some of the things I'm struggling with. Like, like porn's a great one. So to talk about. If it's okay to come to your husband and say, you know, I am here to fight this with you. And I just need you to know that there are some things I'm wrestling with because I feel really neglected. I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like you need to go somewhere else to get, you know, what I should be giving you. There's all those things. You can totally express that if the Lord is telling you to express it. There's other times where you just keep it to yourself and that's where the Holy Spirit leads you. But if you came at it with a message of unity, I guarantee you that will motivate your husband to want to be better. It doesn't mean he's going to be better tomorrow, but to want it far more than when you're chastising him for his problem. So I, I definitely wanted to talk about that. And just, I think that's so powerful that when we start viewing our problems as our problem, not my problem, his problem. Episode of the Kingdom Mob podcast. Don't forget to check out our popular free training, How to Put an End to What's Stressing You at kingdommompodcast.com. See you next time, Kingdom Mom.